Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, we come to you on this St. Patrick's uh, Tuesday. A happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody on this uh, Tuesday, the 17th uh, day of March. Brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it on this uh, day that is usually uh, a very big day and a very uh, uh, raucous day everywhere, but especially in New York City. Parades, the bars always overflowing. Uh, always a, a special day, but a very different one this year, obviously, a very quiet one uh, throughout the metropolitan area and throughout the nation uh, as we continue to go through uh, the daily grind of uh, what we're going through right now. Uh, so uh, we did learn, as we discussed earlier, if you were listening on Radio.com, that uh, four nets have the virus and soon I don't think we'll spend much time on who has it because it'll just become very commonplace. You know, when first it was in those couple of minutes where we got the news and you know, the so much turned in that hour where the NBA decreed that it was going to shut down. And like I said before, Adam Silver is always at the forefront of these things. Uh, But that decision and then right after that, they reported that Hanks had it. And then it was almost like this stunning news. And it was almost like right there, all of a sudden, everybody started who hadn't, if someone hadn't taken this seriously. And you understand why people don't take things seriously. It's in China. It's across the globe. It's not here. It's not coming here. It's, you know, it's not going to happen. It's like that, you know, that hurricane that doesn't show up and then it does. Or that uh, big storm that doesn't show up, and then it does. And then it's not supposed to snow, but then it does. And, you know, um, it's funny. uh, I compare it a little bit to when I was a kid growing up in where I lived in Long Beach or East Atlantic Beach, which is, you know, right at the tip, right right between where Atlantic Beach is and Long Beach is is a little town called East Atlantic Beach. Um, And... They would always come and tell us to evacuate, right? And I lived feet from the water. Feet from, I grew up feet from the, United, from the, US, uh, from the Atlantic Ocean. 
I mean, I was, you know, Atlantic Ocean was my backyard. I, you know, I, I, I'd spent my time in the water since I was, you know, it's all I know. And I, I'd known the water since before I knew anything else. So, um, you felt pretty healthy about the water, you know, and you didn't have a lot of fear of the ocean. And they tell you to leave. You know, get, yeah, the storm's going to be ominous, going to be this, going to be that. And it used to be almost a running gag, especially when we were younger, you know, when we were teenagers. And, of course, we knew everything. But we used to take chairs and go down, sit on the beach, wait for the storm to come. Nothing would come. We'd laugh it off. Tell us to evacuate, never would. So when they used to come around there and tell everybody in the neighborhood to evacuate, it was almost like a running gag. Nobody evacuated. Must have happened 10 to 20 times. You know, never, never, no one ever evacuated. Until the time when no one evacuated and we got hit with the storm, the perfect storm. And then next thing you know, people wish they evacuated. It's the same thing here. It's like, you think, ah, it's going to pass. Ah, you know, it's not going to be that bad. Ah, it's going to, you know, it's, come on, everyone's making a. That's how you always think of things. And it's human nature to do that. And then this one hits with such a force to where there were those couple of hours that night where the NBA shut down. They announced about Hanks and his wife. And then all of a sudden, life hasn't been the same. And it's just been one thing after another, after the next announcement, after the next announcement, uh, to where now, you know, they're still even talking about, you know, more drastic steps in terms of limiting your access to movement, limiting your access to leaving home, stuff like that that may be in the offing in the in the near future, especially since our state has, you know, a very, very high number. Um, I heard it said today that there was one state that didn't have any, which was West Virginia. I don't know if that's true or not. I looked on the map the other day, and the only state that didn't have one was, that I noticed was Utah. I might, I might have missed West Virginia. But I was looking at the uh, CDC map, and uh, the... Looked like everyone had some, except I thought Utah. But I guess they. Said, I heard last night the president say West Virginia didn't have any. So um, maybe they didn't do any testing yet. Who knows? I'm sure they'll uh, have one soon. But we obviously have moved to the forefront here. I know that New Rochelle has been considered an uh, epicenter from the beginning, um, and I hope the people in that area are doing fine. Uh, but it has just kind of gone from where, oh, yeah, you know, we'll deal with it. Ah, if it gets here, yeah, we'll deal with it. It's not, to where it has just completely just stopped our lives to a point like we have never seen before. And I mentioned yesterday the things that have growing, going through the years, the things that stick with you, where you have been in those moments where everyone's together where it's not about you and your normal day-to-day problems or the normal things you're dealing with, which are personal to you, whether it's your job or your career or your life or your relationships or whatever it may be, but where we're all in it together. The times where the news, you're one of a community where 
everyone is anticipating the same thing, which we have felt recently on 9-11 or obviously during the hurricane. And now this, where it has even been, I mean, we thought that was kind of crazy, where I know we didn't have, we didn't get back to normal for 16 days. We had people staying with us because they didn't have power. We had a generator, so we had we had power, but we didn't have normal power in the house. Um, we had limited from the generator, but um, dealing with that and seeing all those trucks and everything that was going on during that time period, obviously how the world stopped after 9-11 for a few days, and really it was whatever it was, 11, 12 days till we got back to a ball game. When we went to uh, Shea Stadium for that brave uh, Met game, that was the first one back. But this has taken on such a new quality to us uh, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, every day is a new chapter. Every day seems to bring something else. And when I was out today, I had to run a couple errands. It really hit home how how few people were out and about today. I mean, I went to deal with one of my uh, brokers and on a financial issue, and there was hardly any traffic there, where there normally is a lot. And then going into stores, like I said, where there just was nobody there, and just things that you've taken for granted that are just you know normal are just right now so different than they've been that we have rarely seen, and you didn't even know if it was capable if we were capable of being shut down to the extent we're being shut down right now. And I'm sure some people are still haven't altered their lives very much. I mean, I'm sure they've altered them because there's not many places to go or do. I mean, there's not many things to do or go, places that you can even go out and do anything. Even if you were willing to do it or looking to do it, there's not that many places to go to do something. Not right now. And every day there's another, like... We just heard about the Nets and Durant. And today, at least, we had something to talk about where we actually had some sports news, you know, whether it's the players that the Jets and the Giants are quietly adding right now or the big headlines with the quarterbacks and led, of course, by Tom Brady, who is, uh, you know, awaiting a decision. He's made one decision. Now he has to make another. Of course, if you're just joining us, Tom Brady has left the Pats and we're waiting to see where his next destination is. I guess it is at least a possibility, although I think a very small one, that he could retire, but I don't think that's the case. I think it looks like he's either headed to the Bucks, which seems to be the favorite in the clubhouse or the Chargers. Rivers has gone to the Colts. One year, $25 million, all guaranteed. Teddy Bridgewater has gone to, the, uh, to Carolina, and Cam Newton leaves a unhappy man now looking for a... New deal, allowed to go out and make his own deal. And if not, you know what that means, they'll just jettison him. They'll just cut him loose and he'll have to go out and make his own deal anyway. Breeze goes back to the Saints as expected. And you're waiting to see uh, where the other shoe drops for, for Tom. Obviously, if you're a Jet fan now, you don't have Tom Brady in your division for the first time in a very, oh, you might, I guess you still possibly could if he surprised everybody and went to Miami. But I don't think that's the case. 
despite the uh, owner and he having the same alma mater. I don't, I don't, I do not think that's the case. I'd be surprised if it was. But I was surprised that he left the Pats because I really believed. You know, I've known Kraft since he bought the team because Bill was up there when uh, Bill Parcells was up there when Kraft bought the team. Bill had been there a year before Kraft even bought it. When Orthwine still owned it, Bill took over. And then Kraft came aboard that in what was Bill's second year as the owner. So I knew Kraft from the day he got there. So I've known him a very long time. And I think I know him fairly well. And uh, I knew how he felt about Brady. So I always felt there would be the time where, despite what was going on with Brady and, and Belichick, that he would say to Tom, Tom, if you, I can make this work. Do you want to come back? And that's why he was quick to say Tom really didn't want to come back. Tom really wanted to be a free agent. I really think money was an issue here too. I think the Pats and and Belichick put a worth on what they thought Brady was worth now and they weren't going to go past it. I'm sure Brady found that somewhat insulting. But if he had really said, hey, I need you to work with me here, I think Kraft would have. I believe that because I know how Kraft feels about Brady. So that didn't happen. So I'm sure it was hard for Kraft to let Brady go. But Brady's now gone. And now we wait to see where he goes. And it sounds like, it doesn't sound like he's going home. I mean, if you're asking me, if I, if, if I would have a vote, I'd vote that his next stop's Canton. Because to me, he's got nothing to prove and nothing to gain. And, and not a lot to lose, but you know what? The odds on him having a special experience where he's going is very, very small. The, it, it, he's not young. He's not the same player despite what he thinks he is. He's not the same player. And he's going to go into something that is so different than what he's used to. He is a maniacal worker who is used to having everybody around him be so directed and so focused, laser focused on the objective, so prepared. He never walked on a field and didn't have incredible concentration from the players around him and those players knew what they were looking at knew the game plan were prepared and focused and ready to go and if you think that's the case everywhere every day you're out of your mind it's not but that's what he's been used to and that's what he grew up with because that's the way it was there so he was part of a very special culture and he was an incredibly maniacal hard worker known to be an incredible I mean Scapioli who I was going to have on today. He just called me back now, but it's too late. I just saw he texted me now. Maybe I have him on tomorrow because I asked him to come on today and he just, he'd been doing shows and he just texted me back now. He told me the story how, I remember he was with the Pats for years. He's Bill Parcells' son-in-law, married to his uh, middle daughter, Dallas. And he went with Belichick and Mangini. They, those guys, when they left the Browns, came to the Jets and then when they left the Jets, they went to the Pats and Paoli went with Mangini, uh, with Belichick to the to the Pats when they when they when they left the uh, Jets and Parcells when he didn't take the job. And he told me that he was driving in March one night. He left the building when he worked for the Pats, and he worked for the Pats for a long time. And he was very close to Tom, 
and he said he got to the bottom of the hill, and if you knew their complex there, he could see the lights on in the field house where they practice. And he was like, ah, some kid left the lights on. And it was like he said a March night, and it was, you know, like 9.30 on a Friday night. And he said he went in there to turn the lights off, and who was in there throwing the ball by himself? Brady. That was Brady. You know, he worked. This guy came out as Dr. O'Brien, who you've heard with me many, many times. Doc used to do the physicals for all the quarterbacks at the draft. He said Brady was the worst-bodied quarterback he had ever examined in the history of doing the draft. For all the years he did it, and Doc was a quarterback himself, he said he was the worst-bodied quarterback he'd ever seen. That's why he got drafted where he did. And he went up there, and he built himself up, and he got stronger, and he learned how to throw the ball the right way, and he polished up his throwing ability, and he worked, and he worked, and he worked, and he outworked everybody to become this legendary player. Yes, there was talent in there, no question. You can't become as good as he was without there being talent in there. But it had to do with this obsessive, maniacal ability to work and prepare, which never left him for a day and is the basically the backbone, the, the hallmark the foundation of everything he knows. And that will be very hard for him to find like people like that anywhere else. That's why this will, that's what Montana knew when Montana said, stay. The odds on finding that culture again, that level of toughness and smarts and direction and all the things that the Pats bring under Belichick's direction, the culture that he's created there and that Brady has existed in will be so hard to duplicate, he will probably be very unhappy with his next job. Even when it'll be with a guy who's, let's say it's with a very good offensive guy in Arians who's a a really good guy to hang around with who's a terrific offensive coach. He's got a lot of people there. They'll put together a fun offense. It still won't be the same. They will not do it the way the Pats do it because nobody does it the way the Pats do it. And there, that maniacal, steadfast level of intensity and preparation and hard work that he brought to the table was rewarded every day by the people he played with and the culture he lived in and the coach who directed it. He's not going to find that again. And there's one other thing that is I've heard time and again, which is so dumb, it's just off the charts. And I guess I have a better understanding of it because I was in a very successful team for two years, over 20 years with Mike and the Mad Dog. And when we broke up, people say, see, ah, you knew they couldn't work together. Couldn't work together. We worked together for 20 years. Oh, you know, they had a breakup. Uh, you know, uh, hey, sometimes things just run their course. It's not like something had to happen with Belichick and Brady. Nothing had to happen. It's just run its course. They were able to stay together and team and subjugate what they needed to both subjugate at times. 
coexist when they both had to coexist at times. Whatever conflicts there were, they buried them. Whatever they needed to sacrifice, they sacrificed. And they were able to stay together and have that outrageous amount of, of success and be together for that many years. And at the end, one person wants change. And then it's, oh, oh, see, they couldn't work together. What are you talking about? They work together as perfectly as any team has ever worked together as coach and quarterback. No one's ever done it better or longer or more seamlessly. Have respect for that. Understand what that 20 years together and all that success means. Don't say, oh, you see, they didn't last forever, so it doesn't work. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. They were together longer than anybody could ever imagine a coach and quarterback being together. And they made it work every day. What they did will probably not be equaled. Rather than look at it and say, see, told you it wouldn't work. What do you mean it didn't work? It worked forever. Back after this. The way you look at this as free agency starts is if you're the Jets and Giants, you have the ability to get three premium picks, unless you make a trade and add a couple of picks. Add your premium guys in the draft, and then you have the ability to go out and sign a couple of guys that you can spend a lot of money on. Okay, And the way I always look at it is you can probably say you have six premium moves to make. Both of them have enough money to, to be in that position where you can go out and really spend some money, really help your team, and then go out and get those guys, obviously, at the t- in the draft and at the premium positions. And remember that the draft is... Deep in offensive linemen, very deep. Probably as deep a draft as we've seen and is the deepest draft in wide receivers that there's ever been. I mean, you can get guys in this draft on the wide, uh, on the wide receiver level that will absolutely be in the third round that will start next year. There's not even a question about that. I mean, there are so many, I mean, so many guys. It is without question in those two areas corner they say it's also deep there I'm not as sure about the corner talent I, I don't know the corner talent as well I know that the wide receivers are unbelievable and the offensive line is incredible and there's premium there's really top of the draft offensive line talent here and there's really game breaking wide receiver talent here but there's so much that if you take a wide receiver a little down a bit you're still getting a lot of quality. There's also positions where, as you know, you are going to overpay dramatically. For edge pass rushers, you are going to pay a tremendous amount of money, and you're never going to get a lot for your buck because it's so hard to find anybody. You can't get them in the draft. There's a handful of them in the draft, if you're lucky. And in free agency, they're almost always locked up. They are almost absolutely always locked up. They never get free. So that is the hardest thing to go out and find, and it really is very difficult. So, I mean, it's something that you look at, unless you're looking for quarterbacks, and they obviously both aren't. So it puts them in, do I think 
I think it most likely neither one's trading out of their spot. So they'll both be in a position. The Giants might be in a position to add a guy on the offensive, on the defensive line or an edge guy, maybe. There's a good chance. I'd say they have a chance. Jets, no, in that regard. But the offensive line and the wide receiver spots are just loaded, and both should be able to do very well in the draft in those two areas, especially since they both need help on the offensive line without any question. But see what they – to me, you have three and three. You got three you're going to get in free agency, and you're going to have three in the premium rounds of the draft, and you got to come out of that with six, especially where they're drafting, six legitimately solid pieces. And it's time for both those teams to move up dramatically. Talk more about it. We didn't get to them much today. We'll do a lot more on both those tomorrow, okay? Uh, Casamigas Tequila, as always, brings you the program, brought to you by those who drink it. Steve Summers is next. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.